1: Why do these mass shootings in these schools keep happening? Why do they keep happening? We're not going to get into this gun debate. We'll leave that to MSNBC and CNN. We're not going to lower ourselves to that. We're not going to get in these preposterous gun debates. Where all of a sudden the left has us debating their agenda. That's not what we're doing. You want to do that? Call somebody else. I will continue to say we need to harden these schools. Well, they had a resource officer, yes, who apparently did a hell of a job. But there's a lot more that can be done at these schools. We do it at our airports. We do it at our sporting places. We do it in office buildings. We do it in government buildings. But we're not apparently going to do it at our schools. And even if we did all the things that maybe we should do to harden these schools, we still... Are not going to be able to prevent this all the time. So, the basic facts some of you driving home now may not have heard this, and we're going to have the lieutenant governor of uh, Texas on in just a few minutes. It occurred in Santa Fe, Texas, a little town, about 40 miles, give or take, from Houston. Ten people were killed. This morning at a high school south of Houston. Authorities said school district police chief Walter Braun said that explosive devices were found in Santa Fe High School and the surrounding area. Nine students and a teacher were killed in the shooting. Another 10 people were wounded. The suspect in custody was identified as 17-year-old Demetrius Pagortes. Galveston County Sheriff Henry Trossett said in a statement (laughs) he was being held without bond on charges of capital murder. Harris County Sheriff Ed Gonzalez said the suspect was believed to be a student at the high school. Abbott said two people of interest were being interviewed by authorities, but he didn't identify them. According to law enforcement, a suspect posted to social media dangerous days with a pentagram on Friday before shooting, Milton reports. But apparently there wasn't much else out there, at least as far as we know now, to suggest that uh, this 17-year-old had the capacity to be a mass murder. Abbott said the suspect had said that he wanted to commit suicide after the shooting. He gave himself up and admitted at the time that he didn't have the courage to commit the suicide. Police found pressure cookers and pipe bombs around the school. There was an active search for explosives, a federal law enforcement source told CBS. Authorities were in the process of rendering them safe and asked the public to call 9-11. They see anything suspicious. Two students and a school resource officer were shot and injured in the shooting. Another law enforcement officer was also injured but was not shot. One hospital reported treating eight wounded patients. Six were treated and released. One was listed in critical condition, another in fair condition. The suspect had a shotgun and a thirty eight caliber revol- uh, revolver. Uh, those are not military-style weapons, quote-unquote. The suspect's father owned the weapons legally, Abbott said, adding that he didn't know whether the father was aware his son had obtained the weapons. Student Damon Robin told CBS that he looked out his classroom door with a substitute teacher after hearing several loud bangs and saw the gunman. Black trench coat, short kind of guy, had a sawed-off shotgun. The substitute teacher then pulled the fire alarm in the hopes of alerting students and faculty in other areas of the school and getting them to evacuate. Tyler Turner, a senior at the school, told CBS Affiliate KHOU-TV that his friend saw some kind of a gun, that is, saw some kid with a gun. When teachers and students were outside after the fire alarm was pulled, shots were fired, Turner said. As soon as the alarms went off, everybody just started running outside, sophomore Dakota Schrader told reporters. Next thing you know, everybody looks and you hear boom, 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 boom. I just ran as fast as I could to the nearest floor so I could hide, and I called my mom. It was a high school. Turner said he ran behind some trees, heard more shots, jumped the fence, and ran to a car wash. He said he saw firefighters treat a girl who had a bandage around her knee and may have been shot. One student told Houston television station KTRK in a telephone interview that a gunman came into her first period art class and started shooting. The student said she saw one girl with blood on her leg as the class evacuated the room. We thought it was a fire drill at first, but really the teacher said, start running, the student told the TV station. The student said she didn't get a good look at the shooter because she was running away. She said students escaped through a door at the back of the classroom. Authorities have not yet confirmed that report. Students from the high school were transported to another location to reunite with their parents Aerial footage from the scene showed students standing in a grassy field and their life flight helicopters landing at the school in Santa Fe, a city of about 13,000 residents, roughly 30 miles southeast of Houston. Now, as I say, we'll have the lieutenant governor on to fill us on up on uh, anything he knows that's up to date. But I just feel that there's certain things that need to be done that need to be done as basic safety measures in every school district. Each school district will decide, but this is just my opinion. That for now on when schools are built, they need to take into consideration safety. Safety. The potential that somebody will try and get into the school or somebody will get into the school. And so there are experts who can figure this sort of thing out. And there are ways to do this. You can do it in your home even. I will continue to say, as I've said for years, that I'm committed to the notion that there need to be armed security personnel, whatever their backgrounds, whatever their training, the school districts can decide. I'm no expert. Who can help. Not one resource officer, but people who are there, a number of them anyway, on a constant basis. Most of us believe our children and our grandchildren are the most precious thing we have, and they are. And they are. So why aren't they protected like they're the most precious thing that we have? Why don't these school districts do what school districts need to do? Again, it won't stop every one of these situations, and I want to be clear about that too. When you hear politicians and commentators and whatever they are on TV and radio telling you they have all the answers, they have none of the answers. Anybody who thinks they have all the answers has none of the answers. People will continue to be killed in this country. They'll continue to be killed in the most odd ways, in the most gruesome ways, and the most obvious ways. Life is dangerous. It's precious and it's dangerous. There are evil people in this country. There are evil people all over the world. Sometimes we get a a sense of who, who they are. Sometimes we have no idea who they are. They can strike at any moment, like apparently this barbarian did. But the fact of the matter is, if you are so demented that you want to kill as many people as possible, you and I know that the best place to do that is in a school. It's in a school. Why is that? It's because they're vulnerable. The National Education Association doesn't believe school teachers should be trained to defend themselves and their students. I don't understand it. The left keeps going on about more guns in schools won't protect us. Well, of course they will, if they're in the hands of the right people. Not necessarily in this situation, but potentially in this situation. But whatever the situation, more needs to be done. School districts need to pay more attention to protecting the students that are in the schools than trying to encourage illegal aliens to attend their schools. There should be a priority on every single superintendent's desk, every single school board's desk. I speak as a former school board member many, many decades ago when I was in law school. I was a school board member in Cheltenham Township right outside of Philadelphia, Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. And I know so much time is spent by school boards and school district personnel arguing over nonsense and pushing nonsense. They need to bring in the security experts. They need to figure out when they build new schools, how to build them. They need to figure out how to retrofit old schools. And they need to bite the bullet. And I don't mean that in a... Uh, it's an odd phrase to use at this time, they need to bite down and what they need to do is get the right people in those schools because public school teachers and janitors and uh, school assistants and uh, so forth and so on are in no position right now to defend themselves or these students. And there's no reason why at least some of them shouldn't be prepared to defend themselves. I'll be right back.
2: Mark Lovin
1: Lieutenant Governor of Texas will be on now at uh, 6.50 You know, this is a fluid situation And he's obviously trying to do us a favor So uh, we appreciate that President of the United States today We have a lot of things to discuss today, but this is number one. President of the United States today commenting on the mass shooting. Cut seven, go.
3: Unfortunately, I have to begin by expressing our sadness and heartbreak over the deadly shooting at Santa Fe High School in Texas just took place moments ago. We're closely monitoring the situation, and federal authorities are coordinating with local officials. This has been going on too long in our country, too many years, too many decades now. We grieve for the terrible loss of life and send our support and love to everyone affected by this absolutely horrific attack to the students, families, teachers, and personnel at Santa Fe High. We're with you in this tragic hour, and we will be with you forever. My administration is determined to do everything in our power to protect our students, secure our schools, and to keep weapons out of the hands of those who pose a threat to themselves and to others. Everyone must work together at every level of government to keep our children safe, May God heal the injured, and may God comfort the wounded, and may God be with the victims and with the victims' families. Very sad day. Very, very sad.
1: You know, as I listen to our president, I am not watching the other cable channels, so I'm sure they're mocking him and mocking his reference to God. And, you know, this is part of the problem. I'll just give you part of my two cents worth. What's happening to our culture? Our culture has been so thoroughly secularized. And uh, so where faith used to be relied upon to give us guidance to undergird our morals and our values to help teach us right from wrong, family values, and so forth. So much of this is at odds with what our culture has become. Uh, Even the courts, pushing faith out of the public square, pushing faith out of our schools. You know, when this nation was founded, and shortly thereafter, we had our Constitution, and shortly after that, we had our Bill of Rights, the First Amendment, about not establishing religion. Not establishing religion means you don't compel individuals in this country to follow your faith. In other words, you don't molest them with your faith. I mean that in, in the general notion of imposing your will. We don't accept totalitarianism in any form in this country. That's what our Constitution is all about. But that has nothing to do with pushing faith out of the public square. Look, I'm Jewish. I have no problem with the majority faith in this country, Christianity, being in our schools, being in our public squares. doesn't stop me from embracing my faith. It doesn't stop me from practicing my religion. But the idea that it's all or nothing, that you have to put it, push it all out of the public square, even manger scenes, even the Ten Commandments, which our criminal code is effectively based on, uh, can find no support whatsoever, these positions in our founding and in our Constitution. It's been completely perverted. Which is why we've talked about this before. Slightly over a hundred years ago when our Supreme Court was built, they have religious figures carved into the building, in the front of the building. The Ten Commandments. Does that mean everybody has to have a faith? Does that mean everybody has to be Christian or everybody has to this? Of course not. But with the rise of the progressive movement... We push faith out of the public square. And we replace it with what? Either nothing or government. I'm not saying this is why this situation occurred. I'm saying it creates a very unhealthy society. A very unhealthy society. It is degrading of our culture. And we are slowly but surely replacing one culture with another culture. So I believe this is a problem. But I also believe that when an individual does that, that they are responsible for what they've done. That they are responsible for what they've done. They're not mutually exclusive. They're not mutually exclusive. When we come back, you'll hear from the governor. We've got an audio of that. You'll hear from Senator Cruz, among others. And we will be right back.
0: doesn't just read the news he makes the news call the Mark Levin show now at 877-381-3811
1: now we'll be addressing some other issues today but I want to complete our thoughts on this it's uh, so troubling it's not something we can just fly past the governor of uh, Texas uh, who's an excellent man Greg Abbott today cut 8 go
4: Uh, We come together today as we deal uh, with one of the most heinous attacks that we've ever seen in the history of Texas schools. It's impossible to describe the magnitude of the evil of someone who would attack innocent children in a school, a place of learning where parents should be able to send their children without fear for their child's safety. It's with a very heavy heart that I can confirm that as of this time, there have been 10 lives that have been lost and uh, another 10 that have been wounded.
1: Cut nine.
4: The weapons used in this attack, uh, there are two weapons. One was a shotgun, and the other is a thirty-eight revolver. Uh, neither of these weapons uh, were owned or, or legally possessed uh, by the shooter. It's my information that both of these weapons uh, were obtained by the shooter from his father. It's my information at this time that the father legally owned these weapons. I have no information at this time whether or not the father was aware that, that his son had taken these weapons from the father. Mm-hmm.
1: Senator Ted Cruz of Texas, cut, 10, go.
5: Once again, Texas has seen the face of evil. What happened this morning here in Santa Fe defies words. The agony, the hell that parents of this community is going through is unimaginable. Every one of us that's a parent that sends our sons or daughters off to school in the morning, to have this horror greet them. This community is grieving mightily, and the entire state of Texas, the entire country, is grieving along with these parents, grieving along with these students. There have been too damn many of these. Texas has seen too many of these. We've seen deranged murderers, whether this morning here, whether a deranged bomber in Austin murdering innocent people, whether six months ago in Sutherland Springs, another evil criminal murdering innocent people. And in the public policy arena, we need to be doing everything humanly possible to stop this from ever happening again, to stop violent criminals, to stop them from getting firearms, to stop them from getting access to schools, to incarcerate them when they try to illegally purchase firearms. In the days ahead, We'll discover more about this particular shooter, about what red flags, what warning signs there may have been or there may not have been. And I'm sure we'll have a robust conversation about what more could have been done to prevent this horrible atrocity. But Texas, as a state, will make it through this.
1: Angie Martinez is a mother of one of the students who attend Santa Fe High School. Uh, listen to this. CNN, cut 13, go.
6: What now? For, what now? What happens today for what you two? Now, What now? Is, it's so aggravating that the school has been warned before. This has happened again. This is the second incident. The first incident was a prank call. Um, you know, but they did that as a warning the first time, supposedly. They said that they had did that to see how fast that the the officers will get to the school. They did; it was like they called fake news, but it was a fake act. Um, Someone put firecrackers in the hallway. When was this? This was about two months ago.
1: I'm a little confused by that. That's why I played it. And then they went to President Trump, so the woman couldn't finish her comments. Is she saying the school district did this and the and the uh, police department did this as a trial run, or somebody else did this? I'm I'm assuming the first. Dakota Schrader, a student at Santa Fe High School, cut fourteen. Go.
5: I was in the history hallway, and as soon as we heard the alarms, everybody just, you know, started leaving. The same procedure as we did, because nobody thought it would be this. Nobody thought it was a shooting. Everybody just thought it was a, you know, normal procedure, practice fire drill. And the next thing you know, we just hear so many three gunshots, loud explosions, and all the teachers are telling us to run, run, go, like run. Nobody should go through this. Nobody should be able to feel that in school. This is a place where we're supposed to feel safe. This is somewhere we come most of the week. Nobody should have to. Go, this is, nobody should feel that pain. Mm-hmm.
1: This is Paige, a student at Santa Fe High School. Today, cut fifteen. Go.
7: Was there a part of you that was like, "This isn't real. This is This would not happen in my school."
8: No. There wasn't. Um. Why so? It's been happening everywhere. I felt I've always kind of felt like eventually it was going to happen here too. So. I don't know. I wasn't
9: surprised. I was just scared. Yeah, what was going through your head in those
8: moments? Well, I really just wanted to leave, but I thought it better to stay and just hide, for, and hide
0: with everybody else. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, most of you listening and I have kids. I have two grandkids. You listen to this. And I'm just going to say it flat out. We're not doing enough to protect these schools. We are not doing enough to protect these schools. We are not doing enough to protect the kids in these schools. And I want to talk to you, school board members all over the country. You better get off your asses and do something about this. I'm not saying you'll stop every single case. I know you're up against the National Education Association, but you're in charge. You employ the teachers, you employ all the staff. You make the decisions about the buildings, not the superintendents. I also know the superintendents in many of these uh, communities are like emperors. They think they control everything. These elected school board members, and some of them are appointed, they need to step up. They need to take charge. They need to make specific decisions about their specific schools. Have top-notch security experts walk those schools, study those schools, Take a look at the vulnerabilities in these schools and do everything possible to protect each and every one of them. And if something happens, somebody gets through, then you know you did everything you could. I don't understand this. We spend ourselves in the massive debt in our communities for our schools, mostly for teachers. We spend ourselves in the massive debt. Education is a number one priority. But education is not a number one priority. Protecting our children is the number one priority. That's the truth. Our children will be educated whether they go to public school, parochial school, private school, charter schools, or are homeschooled. So the idea that we must have government schools to educate our children, sorry, is not absolutely accurate, is it? But we must have a way of doing everything we can to protect those kids when they're in the schools, and we're not. We are obstructed. By ideologues. Ideologues who do not believe that personnel in our schools should, as a matter of an employment requirement, certain personnel be trained, be trained to protect the kids in their classroom. It's not even a debatable point as far as I'm concerned. The entire system needs to be adjusted now. What we teach... In these education departments in our schools, it's not enough. Teachers need to be taught more, including self-defense classes. I'm sorry. That's the way it needs to be. There is a stranglehold on the teaching profession by the NEA and their uh, offshoots in the different states and so forth. There's a stranglehold on our educational system by tenured professors in our colleges and universities, and it has to be broken it's a little time for reality. For reality. And I'll say it again. We protect our politicians as best we can. We protect our airports as best we can. It's not perfect. But perfect isn't the test. As best we can is the test. And we're not doing everything we can, as best we can, for our schools. We're not doing it in my county, in Loudoun County, Virginia. I know that as a matter of fact. We're not doing it in the neighboring county, the biggest county in the state, Fairfax County. Instead, they want to have theoretical debates and advance their ideology. They go immediate on cable TV immediately, the same damn dance every single time. It's appalling. You know, uh, my listener was in, in, uh, in deep with the back taxes to the IRS, roughly 15 grand, and he couldn't pay. Just a matter of time until they garnished his wages and seized his bank accounts and ruined his life altogether. Umpteen times he'd heard me mention Optima Tax Relief and how Optima knows that behind every tax problem are good people with families, homes, savings, and paychecks that need protection. And umpteenth times he started to make the call but he didn't. He didn't finish it. Finally, he did. It was the best call he could have made. The tax experts at Optima qualified him for the Fresh Start initiative, a special IRS program that saved him thousands of dollars and put his tax debt to rest. Optima has resolved over half a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients and they're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. When you're ready to put your IRS crisis behind you, One call can start the process to solve it all. Call my trusted friends at Optima Tax Relief. Call them at 800-499-6300, 800-499-6300. That's 800-499-6300. Let me just say this. Every time a tragedy happens, the NRA is attacked, the debate about gun control takes place, and nothing effective gets done. Nothing effective gets done. The focus must be on our local school boards, our local superintendents, and we must demand that they protect our kids, that they retrofit these schools, that new schools take into consideration these new safety issues, and that they use part of their massive budgets, oh yes, they have massive budgets in this country, to train people properly to protect the children in the classroom. The reason why we have mass killings in schools is because they're very, very, very vulnerable. That's why. I'll be right back. love, Lieutenant Governor of Texas Dan Patrick, I want to thank you for taking a few minutes at a, what I know must be a terrible time uh, to join us. But I think the nation would like to know, um, I understand you're visiting some of the wounded. Is that correct, sir?
10: Yeah, I just Mark, I just met um, with a young man named Clayton uh, who was actually standing next to the shooter uh, when he was shot. He dove to the floor to play dead. When he thought he could escape, he did, and he was shot in the, in the elbow. And uh, the room is filled with his fellow students. Um, their faith is strong. Mark, let me tell you what, this family, faith is strong, attitude right. His attitude was remarkable. He's a bull rider, and he's a pole vaulter, and, um, and he's going to be, uh, he'll be back at it in some time, but he's going to have to go through some therapy. But, you know, we asked him, I was there with Governor Abbott, Mark, and we asked him, all the students, what's your answer? And they all said, we need to arm our teachers. We need mm-hmm. to arm our teachers. And in Texas, we allow that, Mark. We just leave it up to the local school districts to make that decision.
1: Why why is there such resistance to this? I mean, we protect our airports. We protect our politicians. What is the issue here?
10: I I don't know. It's not an issue. Again, it's not an issue in Texas. We've had schools arming their teachers uh, for a a relatively long time. Not a lot of the schools, but we've had schools, particularly in rural areas where they're not close to law enforcement unless, you know, unless someone happens to be driving by They may be 20 minutes away, so they have to protect themselves. But we leave it up to the parents and the school boards and the superintendents, and there are some parent groups that come in and don't want to do that as superintendents. But I think, and we told these young people, their voice is important to be heard. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they talked about three things, Mark, and this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone, not to you, to me, or anyone in your audience. But number one, we've kicked God out of school. Number two, the families have turned over the raising of their children to violent video games that they sit in front of all day. And third, we need we need to protect uh, our schools with uh, with teachers who are willing to carry. You know, our, in Texas we just say you have to take a training course and, and uh, we want to teach you to be, you know, how to handle an active shooter. But in the classroom marked next door, uh, there was a substitute teacher who was a Marine. And, uh, you know, one of the students in that classroom who was not injured said, you know, I think if our if our teacher, our, our ex-Marine, of course you're never an ex-Marine, if our Marine had, had been armed, um, uh, we might have been able to take out the shooter sooner.
1: You know uh Governor, I really feel we need to look at this whole issue of of teacher uh, certification now um, yep. and and this has to be part of the responsibility, safety and security of yep. our students. do you agree
10: uh, No, I totally agree and and uh, in fact, when I was a senator i was want, wanted to pass one of the bills uh, to provide millions of dollars in, in training for them years ago before this became a phenomenon, quite frankly because there's some things that had happened, obviously, after 9 11 and Sandy Hook and others. Um, the other thing, Mark, that I, that I talked about today that we have to do is I think we have to harden our targets of schools. You know, we have over 8,000 school properties in Texas. You know, each one has multiple entrances and exits. And you know, as you know, we have we have large office buildings and whole thousands of people or, or various places, courthouses, where there's only one entry in and out. And I think we have to think out of the box. I think that our, our, maybe not every student has to be at school at the same time, and we stagger our start times, and we funnel our students through one entrance. For example, Mark, this school was one of our school districts, one hundred out of 186 out of over 1,000, that got a safety award for their training. And they had two armed officers on. The, the premises, and they had a roving officer who was there within minutes. And within minutes, they, they took on the shooter. And had they not, had they not had those two armed officers there, uh, I feel sure the, the, the young man with the Remington shotgun would have would have killed and, and maimed others. So it did work, but you still we could have had even faster reactive time, maybe had that Marine next door had, had a gun or the teacher in the classroom who was killed.
1: Have you met... Uh... Maybe, Turell, any of the families that lost a child?
10: We have not um, yet. Uh, What happened today, Mark, because there were were bombs uh, placed, you know, some have turned out so far to be not real, Um, but there was a pressure cooker uh, bomb or looked like a pressure cooker bomb. Uh, There were Molotov cocktails that were real. And so, sadly, but to protect our law enforcement and our medical examiners and, you know, the, they had to clear the building of the bombs and that took a while. And so, um, uh, the families uh, uh, are, are being notified or have been notified recently. And, um, uh, our heart breaks for all of them. Uh, Mark, you know, this is, let me tell you, Mark, this is a, you know, you hear Texas strong, but we are Texas strong. You know, we've been through the worst natural disaster in the history of the country in the hurricane, the worst church shooting in the history of Texas. And now this, This shooting and uh, the faith in God, the faith in the Second Amendment, uh, the faith in the community taking care of each other. Um, uh, I've seen it. I've seen it first, you know, up close and personal. Governor Abbott and I have attended a lot of funerals in this last year, and everywhere, Mark, uh, they, they stand on the rock of their faith, and they stand on the belief in the Second Amendment was there to protect us against people like this and uh and texans don't want to surrender our guns to to make them even softer targets
1: well governor i hope you let the people there know that the nation the nation weeps with them and the nation supports yes. them and the nation stands with them and uh, and god bless you and what you're trying to do there and your governor too you take care of yourself well
10: well thank you mark and we uh, we appreciate everything you do for our constitution and standing up for our liberty and freedom we uh Uh, We all pray for you, too, every day.
1: Thank you, sir. Be well. All right, folks, I'll see you in a few minutes.
0: them from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
1: Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 381 Obviously, we can discuss this during the course of the program. I want to discuss a few other things, like saving the republic. And I don't think I'm overstating the case. Um, maybe the best way to handle this, to begin this, is to play a clip from my appearance on Hannity's Fox show last night, and then take it from there with you, okay? Okay. So let's start it this way. Then I want to engage you on this too. Cut one from last night's Hannity Show. Go. position of the United States Department of Justice under Republicans and Democrats in a 1973 memorandum and an October memorandum under the Clinton administration that you must not, cannot indict a sitting president, not that this president would be, that's not my point. As a matter of constitutional interpretation, for 44 years, that's been the position of the Department of Justice. We've had law professors, homeless people, would-be law professors all over TV and radio talking about obstruction of justice. We've had media types talking about it. We've had members of Congress talking about it. It doesn't matter. The official position of the Justice Department is we don't charge
11: a sitting president with a crime. All right. The great one. Mark Levin on our program, June 20th, 2017. He worked as Ed Meese's chief of staff. Ed Meese was the attorney general explaining Department of Justice policy. We've been saying this forever on this program. Mark broke it right here joins us now, host of CRTV, Levin TV, and Life, Liberty, and Levin, the number one show on Sunday nights. Great one, Mark Levin. How are you, my friend? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting really ticked off because you're right. You have all of these people. Yesterday, oh, big news. Oh, the candidate a sitting president. No kidding. You've been saying it for over a year. We pointed it out repeatedly the, the media has gotten every aspect of this wrong. They have ignored the real crime, the real abuse of power and corruption scandal in this country, and they've been on a witch hunt that is now going on over a year. And to me, this has to come to an end, and some truth needs to come out, sir.
1: The Mueller investigation, oddly enough, Sean, has disclosed, has revealed that the greatest perpetrator of uh, against the american people was the federal government the greatest perpetrator against the american people was the federal government was the fbi the cia national intelligence director and this is not a very, rank very important and file. issue I, of course not and i want to take this to the next level because the president of the united states will not be indicted and if he is uh... he'll take it to the supreme court and he will win all that said now we cannot allow this to happen again We saw our federal government used by the prior administration, by the head of the CIA, by the head of the FBI, by the head of national intelligence, and many, many others, used to try and destroy the candidacy of an opposition candidate in another party, Donald Trump in the Republican Party. That is, the president's administration, the existing administration, interfering in the elections. We've never seen anything like this before in American history. So here's what we need to do. We now know that the Obama administration spied. spied. Look, it's the Obama administration. He's the president. The buck stops at his desk. He may be playing around with his library in Chicago and going off and, and writing a phony book and everything. He's to be held responsible, and his surrogates are to be held responsible. The FISA court failed us. The FISA court failed us. We have these national security letters that are supposed to be used in extreme circumstances being used. We have a cabal of FBI agents who took it upon themselves to investigate a candidate and his campaign and then we have of course actual spies one or more in the trump campaign what the hell is this the soviet union venezuela it's the united states of america so let me say this once mister muller mister muller turns over his report to mister rosenstein the president of the united states should do two things He should pick his favorite United States attorney, not favorite because they're pals, but the most professional, most competent, most aggressive he can, and give him an assignment. I don't care what Jeff Sessions does. He's the president. And tell him, I want you to investigate. The activities that took place in this election, let the chips fall where they may, the interference in this election by the FBI, the CIA, the national intelligence, I want to know what Brennan did, I want to know what Clapper did, I want to know what Comey did, not because I'm going to punish them, you'll make determinations about this, something, something is terribly wrong. More. I also would tell him, and I've said this before myself, we need to fix this. We cannot have another election where the federal government, our United States government, is fair interfering with an election. And so what I think the president needs to do is appoint a commission of five or seven people, I told you this on your show a long time ago, top-notch men from prior administration and women, and appoint them and say, fix the FBI at the top, fix the CIA, fix the intelligence agencies. We cannot allow this to happen to another president of the United States. The hell with... <clears throat> Sorry, Jeff. With Jeff Sessions and all these other people, the president should take the responsibility. Don't apologize. You're talking about you're talking about spies in the Trump
11: administration. You're talking about a failed FISA court. This is incredible stuff.
1: All right. One more. Cut uh, two. go.
11: You talk about the spies. You talk. It wasn't just one FISA court judge that was given phony information that was never verified never corroborated never were they told that hillary bought and paid for this information with a foreign agent where are the where's congress why won't congress bring for these fisa judges before them and demand to know how they feel about being lied to i'll tell you why because unlike the democrats the republicans scatter
1: like rats they scatter you have certain Republicans Week. who throw with the Democrats because they want to destroy this president. They can't get over the fact that he got elected, and they can't get over the fact the American people didn't follow them. The American people don't even know who they are. But I want to emphasize something here so your guests in the future can repeat what I'm going to say, which is this. We need an accounting of what Mr. Brennan did, of what Mr. Clapper did, of what Mr. Uh, book Salesman Comey did. We need an accounting of what Susan Rice did, of what Samantha Powers did. We haven't even gotten into the unmasking stuff yet. Nope. Not because we want to get even, because we need an accounting. People need to be held to
11: account, number one. I number I two. got to run, Mark, We need to we... fix these departments and agencies. Mark, if we don't fix it, we lose our country. It's not, in, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. You once wrote this is a post-constitutional America. It's getting scary now.
1: All right. Out of all that, here's my focus with you tonight. I want to emphasize that I believe the president of the United States wants this Mueller, wants this rogue mob like lawyer issues his report to the Deputy Attorney General of the United States, and you can be sure it'll be leaked, it'll be sent to the Congress, it'll be used to try and impeach the President. The President doesn't have to sit back and take all this. There's two things that need to be done. And you heard it last night first, and I want to repeat it again so you hear it second. He should choose among his 93 United States attorneys a United States attorney an office of a United States attorney anywhere in the country and assign to them the responsibility to get to the bottom of the scandal the real scandal the interference in our election by the United States federal government under the authority of the prior administration he should impanel a grand jury this U.S. attorney And he should subpoena Mr. Brennan. And he should subpoena Mr. Clapper. And he should subpoena Mr. Comey. And Mr. McCabe. Mr. Stroke. Ms. Page. He should subpoena Susan Rice. Samantha Power. Maybe it's a she. He or she, I'll use the generic he to cover he and she. You know, that's what we used to do, even though today I understand it's not PC to do it. Now, not for the purpose of getting even, for the purpose of getting to the bottom of the real scandal. The prior administration abused its power like no administration in history to try and influence the election. To try and influence the transition and not to try to influence the tenure of the current president. Mr. Brennan has been operating in the shadows and to some extent out front, but he's been doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Same with Mr. Clapper, same with Mr. Comey. Since the Attorney General of the United States, Mr. Sessions, has decided unwisely... Not to appoint a special counsel to get to the bottom of the Obama administration and federal government's interference in our election, which is far more ubiquitous than even the Russians. And I despise the Russians. So let me make that clear for the one millionth time. And yet nobody's going to be held to account. I'm all for the inspector general doing his reports and referring those to the U.S. attorney. But it shouldn't be left to the inspector general to do the reports and refer them to the US attorney. We don't need a middleman. As good as the middleman may be. So people need to be held responsible. They need to be they need to be held to account for their efforts to undermine our election. You remember the lectures we got from the likes of Mark Warner and others about America cannot tolerate Russian interference with our election, and yet Barack Obama not only tolerated it, he mostly ignored it. So did Brennan, so did Comey, so did Clapper. They were all responsible. They all had positions of power, and yet they spent most of their time investigating Trump Will Now, I want you to think about this, and I said this on uh, – I said it yesterday, and I also said it on Fox with Hannity last night, which means you probably heard it from hosts this morning. I don't know. I wasn't listening. The Obama administration, the federal government, threw at Trump World virtually every investigative technique that is known. A FISA warrant. National security letters. One or more spies. Intercepts. You can't do much more than that, folks. You can't do much more than that. And no crime had been committed. No crime had been conceivably committed. And it is so lame to suggest that some 28 or 29-year-old guy who was apparently drunk, Papadopoulos, told the ambassador from Australia that the Russians were interfering with our lives, or something like that. And that was the phony predicate, the thinnest of pretexts, To launch a Soviet-style campaign against the Republican nominee for President of the United States that goes on today. That goes on to this day. We need to get to the bottom of this. And we need somebody who has the power to indict, to get to the bottom of this, to unpanel a grand jury. We're fighting a two-front war as American citizens here. Legally. A two-front war, politically. We need to protect the President of the United States from this obvious effort by the media and the Democrats to institute a coup. And that's exactly what it is. They dress themselves up, you know, in, in the law and the Constitution, but that's what it is. That's number one. Number two, we must get to the bottom of what took place. And it shouldn't be left to an inspector general or columnists who are surmising about what might have happened and one trying to outdo the other and so forth and so on. It's getting almost monotonous to read what they have to say. And as they quote each other, I rarely have guests on here to talk about this. I talk about it myself based on my own experience. Now and then, if somebody writes something interesting, yes. But the point is, this isn't a game among columnists who can outdo this. I don't care about any of that. Or lawyers on TV who can be smarter. I don't care about any of that. We need to get to the bottom of this. And the way you get to the bottom of it, I think you pick a U.S. attorney and you do exactly that. And then finally, I should add my third point. We need to make sure this never happens again. Never happens again. We've had commissions before. We've had commissions on Social Security. We've had commissions on the CIA. We've had commissions on 9-11. We have commissions on the Kennedy assassination. We need a commission on this, where the president is very careful about whom he chooses to be on this commission. It's a presidential commission. He gets to decide, not a congressional commission. And my suggestion is you take some of the best and brightest who used to serve at the FBI, who used to serve at the Department of Justice, who used to serve at the CIA or, or other intelligence agencies, put them in there and figure out how to fix this so it never happens again. One of the things that I now believe is they ought to abolish the FISA court. The FISA court exi- has existed since 1979. We need to come up with something else. It didn't work. It didn't work, and the judges on the FISA court took no steps whatsoever to remedy what took place in their courtrooms. They know what took place in their courtrooms. They know that these applications were misleading because they omitted material information, like who actually funded this information. But not a single one of those judges has taken any steps, contempt, ordered investigations, nothing. And they have those powers to address this, to fix this. So the FISA court needs to go. A commission needs to come. A U.S. attorney needs to be given the authority to get to the bottom of what took place and panel a grand jury and bring these people in front of it. And there's something truly unethical about the fact that Brennan is now a contributor to NBC. Clapper is now a contributor to CNN. And Comey is promoted and pushed in his book by virtually every media outlet in the country. Something is terribly. These are, these are men who are supposed to be quiet behind the scenes. And look how they're celebrated. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Clapper was on CNN last night, responding to uh, to the FBI and planning uh, or secreting spies, or at least one spy in the Trump campaign. I want you to listen to this man. He was Obama's choice to be the director of national intelligence. Cut to uh, what is it? Cut three. Go.
4: Well, I think it's this is a uh, hyperbole. Hyperbole. Uh, they may have had someone uh, uh, who was talking to them. Uh, in uh, uh, in the campaign, but you know the focus here, and as it was with the intelligence community, is not on the campaign per se, but what the Russians were doing to try to, to instantiate themselves in the campaign or to influence or leverage it. So, if there was someone that was observing that sort of thing, uh, well, that's a good thing uh, because the, the Russians pose a threat to the to our the very basis of our political system. And I think it's hugely uh, dangerous if someone like that is exposed because uh, the danger to that person.
1: OK, ladies and gentlemen, um, he has no problems with the FBI. It's hyperbole spying on a campaign uh, because, you know, if the Russians were working with the Trump campaign, that's a big deal. Uh, and where were the Russians working with the Trump campaign? Even with the spy, they found nothing.
0: allowed by
12: law the mark levin show call now at eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one some
1: days it just amazes me that i'm able to do a show at all it just does so many things going on around me it's unbelievable the past few weeks we've seen an uptick of natural disasters tornadoes in alabama Uh, In Hawaii, we saw the eruption of a volcano after weeks of heavy earthquake activity. More earthquakes off the coast of Oregon, three and four days. No matter where you live, disasters like these are the reason every American needs to prepare. The truth is, you are the best first responder for you. The alternative? Wait for the government to arrive? I think your choice is clear. Now, this is the day to build your emergency food supply. There's nothing nutty about it, nothing goofy about it, not about a militia. It's to protect yourself, just like you do other things to protect yourself and prepare. Get this special double offer from my fans at My Patriot Supply. Buy a two-week emergency food kit and get one free. That's right. It's a two-for-one. Buy one, get one free. Here's how you do it. Call 800-294-2325 or order online at preparewithmark.com. Now, these foods last up to 25 years in storage, and actually they taste darn good. Both two-week emergency food kits are shipped for free discreetly to your home. Now, supplies of this buy one, get one are limited. So give them a call right now while you're thinking about it. 800-294-2325 or preparewithmark.com. 800-294-2325 or preparewithmark.com. Well, don't you think that once Mueller gives his report to Rosenstein, and by the way, the battle's not over with Mueller. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying once that occurs, we need to be thinking proactively. That steps need to be taken? I think so. All right, so there's two major events we've been talking about this evening. One is the the horror that took place in Texas, and the other is uh, the effort, the continuing effort to uh, undermine our republic. Let's take some calls on this. Let us go to Tim. Springfield, Mississippi, the great KSGF. Are you in Mississippi? No, you're in Missouri, right? Missouri, Springfield, Missouri. Mr. Call Screener, that's M-O. All right, go right ahead. Mark, I yes.
9: listen to these things happen, and it just frustrates me because 1999, April 20th, we had this happen at Columbine. We rewrote the rules of engagement. We. All right,
1: hold on another. Who is we?
9: Jefferson County Sheriff's Department.
1: Is that where you work?
9: I was, I was a deputy sheriff at a different high school that day. I remember wow. it was as clear today as it was then.
1: Okay. Thank you. That
9: was my fellow officer at Columbine, and uh, I had the same issues with the same kinds of students at my school. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I fought tooth and nail for five years at that school with uh, a liberal mindset that doesn't want to address the real issues. And we mm-hmm. saw this in Florida, this Park Parkland thing. We saw that uh, they were trying to limit the number of police reports. When that's actually the best thing that can happen to the kid, get him some help. Get him into the system. Don't ignore it.
1: Well, the, the problem with it, and it's too early to know, the problem here is, and I say it could change tomorrow. I'm just saying it based on what we know. This 17-year-old apparently didn't have all this pedigree.
9: Well, he may not have had it legally, but he had it.
1: No, no. Based on reports right now, maybe he did, but you can't point to anything, and neither can I. I've been searching all through the news, and he may well have had it, but I don't. What is it? His, his peers knew. His, his fellow students knew. I don't know who knew what. None of us do. I'm still waiting for the information. Okay, but we'll, that'll come. I but think these, it will.
9: These things need to change like the airports did. You know, it used to be fun to fly. It used to be a piece of cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I flew back in the 60s when I was a missionary kid, and uh, it was a whole lot different. But oh, yeah. today. We made the targets harder. We absolutely went in and changed the way. I
1: agree 100 percent. And the fact that this isn't done is a shameful uh, failure by our generation. It is a shameful failure by our generation that we tolerate the NEA, that we tolerate these liberal superintendents, that we tolerate these liberal school boards that are so driven by ideology they will not protect these schools.
9: I could never get them to close the doors. After Columbine, after it happened, one of my jobs was to make my school safer. And I was tasked by that by my sergeant and my sheriff's department, because I worked for the sheriff. And they would never listen to the simple things the students have. A why, why wouldn't on. they do that? It changes their whole look. I mean, they don't want the school Amazing. to look like a, a, a prison. But the fact is, is you couldn't get into the sheriff's department. If you didn't come through the front door and meet the deputy at the desk,
2: mm-hmm. you,
9: you couldn't get in there. I mean, nobody had access through the back except deputies. But there's always the exception student is the band kid or he's the kid that's in the in in the shop class or whatever the kid is. You know, he's the i he's well, I'm just going to let a couple of them come through that door. Lock the doors. Everybody goes through the front. Everybody has to pass somebody that looks at them. But they won't do it. We do it everywhere else. You couldn't get in the courthouse. Mm-hmm. You can't get into a police department.
1: All right, my friend. I appreciate your service and appreciate your call very, very much. Robert Williston, North Dakota, the great KTGO. Go, please.
12: Hi, Mr. Levin. Thank you for taking my call. <clears throat> a couple of things I'd like to say at but first, at the risk of sounding cliche, I'd like to say my prayers go out to the victims and the families of this recent shooting in Texas. Um, I agree with that caller just now 100%. Uh, I think your monologue, Mark, was spot on and was very powerful. And I think at this time in our country, your your radio show and your television shows uh, are the most important shows I think that everyone needs to listen to. Mark, I'm sitting in my driveway here. I make good money out here in the Bakken oil field in North Dakota and I'm looking at a pickup truck load of happy smiling young teenagers that just pulled up with the mother of the daughter of my my young son's first girlfriend. These kids are laughing, they're smiling, They're respectable kids. The last thing these children and others like them in this country need to worry about is to being hunted and killed in in their public school. Mm -hmm. I've brought this issue up different times and different occasions on our local radio show, What's on Your Mind Here?, to our uh, school superintendent of uh, public instruction, Kirsten Bayser, up here, as well as our, our congressman, Kevin Kramer, on different occasions about security. Mark, I'm a veteran. I served in the 82nd Airborne Division. I'm an ex-paratrooper. And wow. I can tell you, you are absolutely spot on when you say that this type, these types of attacks can be reduced to where they are almost the rarity in our country if the proper measures were taken. If you get a handful of veterans, and Mark, I make good money out here, I would be more than willing to take a huge cut in pay. To be able to protect our public school system that 's what I was trained to do let,
1: let me Let me ask you this Robert, even if they even if you have a metal detector system you 're not going to get a thirty eight a nose thirty eight through that metal detector
12: No, sir, you are not, and I, the couple that caller and you and it was a lieutenant governor you had on a little bit ago yes. they 're on the right track, sir. Uh, you, you have the majority of uh, the comings and goings in the public school uh, in, in and out one door, save the fire escape doors, which can only be opened it, from inside the school, get a metal detector. That's that's pretty cost effective uh, in the public schools. across. That's country. basic
1: stuff. It's basic security. It's not even that sophisticated anymore.
12: No, sir, it's not. It's basic. I mean... Uh, it's simple, and it can be done. A handful of veterans such as myself, and there are tens of thousands of us that, that would love to do nothing more than, than to, to, to do what's the most important thing right now, given our society and the way that it is, is to protect our children. A handful of veterans, mixed with a few law enforcement officers at every public school, and these school shootings would be reduced to the rarity. You, you, you would almost not even hear about them in public schools anymore. Now, you're right. You're not going to stop every single uh, event, but I guarantee you, if the right measures are taken... You'll stop a
1: lot. Look, the goal in life, is it not, sir? The goal in life, Robert, is to do the best you can. And you're still going to fail, but you do the best you can. We're not doing the best we can.
12: We're not doing nearly the best we can, not even scratching the surface. After Columbine happened, I, I, I just can't for the life of me, sir understand why our public schools are not protected the way we protect our banks, our airports, our our concerts, our... Our Congress,
1: our sporting events, yep.
12: Sporting events, yeah, you know, town... You know, town halls and the courthouses, you know, you can replace everything in the world, money, cars, houses, property, materialistic things, but you cannot replace a child. The
1: softest targets that exist in this country with the most uh, defenseless individuals are our schools, period
12: absolutely, and that 's why they are being targeted. Mm-hmm. These kids that are doing these school shootings i mean there's a plethora of reasons why they're doing it but let's uh, we can address the whys later everything from prescription antidepressants to fatherless homes to i mean uh, video games to uh, the uh, you know, the way that they're uh you, you, Uh, What's the word I'm looking for in in public schools and in universities? Uh,
1: Indoctrinated.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you.
1: Robert, i got to run. I have a hard break. I want to thank you for your service and your excellent call. We'll be right back.
0: Mark Lovin.
1: So Casper was created with one goal, deliver a great night's sleep at an incredible value. This Memorial Day, experience Casper for yourself and transform your sleep. Casper's team of engineers work nonstop prototyping, collecting data, and engineering what is certainly the most comfortable mattress of them all. The Casper mattress has a unique combination of foams that provide the right pressure, relief, and alignment, so you feel perfectly balanced and comfortable. And thanks to the breathable material, you're guaranteed to sleep cool all summer long. Try Casper yourself for 100 nights in your own home, risk-free. Risk-free. They ship it to you for free. And it's shipped in a compact box. Plus, if you don't love it, you don't have to put it back in that tiny box. They come pick it up and refund you everything. No questions asked. That's how great this mattress is. If it wasn't great, ladies and gentlemen, they'd go broke by now. But it is great. You'll get one and then you'll do what my family did. Then another member of the family wants one and another one. We have six of them. And if I count uh, Barney, we have six and a half. And if I count Marty, Marty, another dog of ours, we have seven. So if you don't love it, you don't have to keep it. But you will love it. Start your summer off right by choosing the Internet's favorite mattress this Memorial Day. For a limited time, go to Casper.com to save 10%, 10% off your order with the purchase of any mattress, and including free shipping and returns. That's Casper.com. Terms, terms and conditions apply. All right. Randy, Jupiter, Florida, the great WJNO. Go. Thank you, Mark, for taking my call. Um, you know, when the Democrats are
13: screaming Russia, 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 it sounds silly. And now I'm hearing us scream spy, 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 and I don't understand why, when the FBI does their job and puts an informant into a situation where they're already investigating Page and Doppelopoulos, that we all go crazy. I don't uh, first understand. of
1: all, sir, the only one that sounds crazy is you. And let me try and educate you about, uh, about the civil society in your country, of which you are utterly ignorant. The FBI doesn't get to put an informant, a.k.a. A spy, within a campaign. It's never been done before in American history, ever. And under the pretext uh, that a fellow by the name of Papadopoulos, who was who had had too much to drink and had no real serious connection to the campaign, uh, was a very not even a junior player in the campaign, had said something to the Australian ambassador. So ridiculous was what took place here is they never launched a criminal investigation. They continued to uh, uh, unleash this counterterrorism invest. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, counterintelligence investigation. And if you know anything about a counterintelligence investigation, if you're going to have an informant or a spy, you place them with the Russians. But they couldn't place them with the Russians. Do you know why, sir?
13: Because they weren't being investigated? I don't know. There's no informants that want to work for the Russians?
1: Oh, really? Is that your answer? No. Who would they place them with on the Russian side? I'm sorry, say it again? I said with whom would they place them among the Russians? Where would they place the person? There was no collusion, pal. There was nothing. That's the problem. Now get off my phone and make sure you don't drive into a telephone pole. That would be a horrible thing. Be careful out there. What a fraud. All right. Who else is out there? Let's see here. Bob Holden, Louisiana, XM Satellite. How are you? I'm
7: fine. How are you doing today, Mr.
1: Mark? All right, brother. Thank you.
7: I'd like to make a comment about uh, the shooting over in Texas. Um, A lot of brave people acted the way they should have acted today and saved a bunch of lives. Uh, As a lifetime member of the NRA, a veteran, the one comment that really took me to my soul was, the teacher who said when he saw the shooter, he pulled the fire alarm. As a person with weapons training. That
1: was a a mistake, you think?
7: I wonder how this would have changed if instead of pulling that firearm, he was able to pull his weapon as a trained uh-huh. professional and stop this before it even started. Uh-huh. I'm with you, man. I really
1: am. I, I really don't understand this thinking. We have airports that are loaded with people, people, and they're moving all the time. We have we have jetliners all over the place. and We have restaurants in these airports and so forth. And, uh, by the way, they're not impenetrable. I mean, you can still hit them. You can still attack them. Uh, you know, security, you get into the interior of the airport, that's when security begins, when you move towards the gates and so forth and so on. So it's not perfect, but, it's, but, it, but it is a security system to try and save as many people and protect as many people as possible. Not only in the airport once they get to the gates, but in the planes. Here we have children. Children. Elementary schools, middle schools, and high schools. Children. How many schools? Some do, but the vast majority of schools, how many of them have metal detectors? What's the easiest way, sir, to detect a weapon if somebody's coming into a school? A metal detector. We don't even do that in most of our schools because we don't want them to look funny. We don't want them to look funny. We have all kinds of highly paid professionals in our schools, and all they can do is teach. Why is that? Why? Because we've decided that's all they can do? Well, let me make a suggestion. Maybe that profession needs to change a little bit. And if people don't want to change in that profession, maybe they have to get other jobs. I'm sorry. Something has to be done. These schools exist for the children. They exist for the children. They exist for the community. And right now, too many of them are targets. And these kids are sitting ducks. They're sitting ducks. Run when somebody has a weapon. Run. Lock the door. That's what we're going to do.
7: Now, more needs to be done. When you could go into a bingo hall on a Friday night and see more armed security watching a bunch of people play bingo than you can't see in our young children getting educated, the communities really need to come together, pull their head out their backside, and realize where their priorities stand. All right, sir. Thank you. I
1: don't know why in Israel the teachers, not all of them, but most of them are taught uh, to use weapons. And before they had these attacks in their classrooms with... uh, Palestinians coming in and stabbing their children Uh, they were not allowed to bring weapons into the schools but they decided we got to do something about this we have to do something about this then they did something about it here all we do is yak 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 talk 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 not every school district but too damn many of them alright I'll be right back from the French press agency Israel condemned the hypocrisy and absurdity of the UN Human Rights Council after it voted today to send war crimes investigators to probe the shootings of Gaza protesters by Israeli forces Israel totally rejects the resolution of the UN Human Rights Council that once again has proven itself to be a body made up of a built-in anti-Israel majority guided by hypocrisy and absurdity, said the Israeli foreign ministry. In Geneva, 29 of the Council's 47 members voted for a resolution calling on the body to urgently dispatch an independent international commission of inquiry, its highest level of investigation. Only two members, the United States and Australia, voted against the resolution. 29 voted in favor, 14 abstained. Among those that abstained, Britain, Switzerland, and Germany. The resolution came after Israeli forces killed 60 Palestinians. Excuse me. Even Hamas says 50 out of the 62 were terrorist members. The Israeli Foreign Ministry said the results of the inquiry were a foregone conclusion inherent in the wording of the resolution. This is clear to all the purpose of the commission is not to arrive at the truth, but rather to impair Israel's right to self-defense and to demonize the Jewish state. Now, this Human Rights Council really is a bizarre entity. How can the UN have anything called a Human Rights Council? When it includes as its members Syria, Cuba, Zimbabwe, China is rounding up its Muslims and sending them to indoctrination camps. You aware of that? by the tens of thousands. Not a word about that. Russia is blowing away Chechnyans as fast as they possibly can. Not a word about that. Cuba is a prison island. Not a word about that. All over the world. Genocide. (laughs) Genocide, police states, and so forth. The United Nations is such an anti Semitic operation. It's just appalling that we subsidise this this entity with almost twenty five percent of all of its budget. Many, many years ago I made a proposal and it was repeated by others afterwards, that we ought to get out of the UN. We ought to start a new organization of free and democratic countries. It'll be much smaller than the UN, but there's no way we should be sitting with genocidal police state type governments, where in the General Assembly, at least, they have the same vote that we do. These resolutions against Israel are endless. They are constant. The UN takes the side of Hamas, The U.N. takes the side of terrorists. What exactly do we get out of the United Nations? Can you name one thing? What exactly do the people of the United States get out of the United Nations? Nothing. Nothing. Why are we part of an organization that has, as a vast majority of its membership, governments that are tyrannical? Why do we subsidize such an organization? Now the Israelis did not attack Hamas or the Palestinians in Gaza. In fact, Palestinians wouldn't be in Gaza except for the fact that the Israelis turned it over to them. Notice the Human Rights Council says nothing about conditions for women or people of other faiths in any Muslim country. Why is that? Not a word. But I don't know why we tolerate this. We don't, I don't believe we get anything out of the UN. We should start another organization. And if countries want to join us that are free and democratic, good. If they don't, then the hell with them. Who cares? To sit there and listen to this stuff time and time and time again you know, there was some kind of research that was done about how many resolutions, you know, this Human Rights Council passes and how the overwhelming majority of them uh, deal with uh, Israel. So why are we part of an organization like this? And uh, resolutions. I'm typing it in now. Let's see what we come up with. All right, Mr. Producer. Let's see. There we go. That's quick Google. Come on, come on, come away. boys. Yeah, it's constant. March 24, UN Rights Council passes five anti-Israel resolutions. Five. This tiny little country that's just trying to survive and is thriving. Do you think if Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran and all the rest of them overran Israel? What do you think? I think the UN would be thrilled. Don't you? So, uh, just a few weeks ago, they passed all these resolutions. And Ambassador Haley said, "Who is so outstanding?" This is uh, March twenty third in a public statement. Today, the United Nations excuse me, the United Nations Human Rights Council adopted five resolutions condemning Israel. At the same time, the council adopted only one resolution each against. North Korea, Iran, and Syria. Every March, the Council sets aside only two sessions to debate human rights violations and abuses in all countries and another entire session just to debate a single country, Israel. When the Human Rights Council treats Israel worse than North Korea, Iran, and Syria, it is the Council itself that is foolish and unworthy of its name. It is time for the countries who know better to demand changes. Many countries agree that the Council's agenda is grossly biased against Israel, but too few are willing to fight it, you know, like Germany, which, of course, has always welcomed the Jews. When that happens, as it did today, the Council fails to fulfill its duty to uphold human rights around the world. The United States continues to evaluate our membership in the Human Rights Council. Our patience is not unlimited. Today's actions make that make clear that the organization... I'm reading a font that's so tiny. I'm looking straight at the monitor. They make clear that the organization lacks the credibility needed to be a true advocate for human rights. So I would ask Ambassador Haley, well, then why are we a member of this Human Rights Council? It has nothing to do with human rights. Nothing. And yet we are. And yet there they are, passing another resolution. They want to have a criminal investigation of the Israeli government at the UN. I'll be right back. Mark in. Human Rights Council votes the way it votes. And now I want you to listen to this this writing, this story. Just to underscore what we talked about yesterday, but it goes on. Hamas leader, talk of peaceful protest is mere deception. A very senior member of Hamas, Mahmoud al Zahar, Yabadabadu, said that when his organization, quote, talks about peaceful resistance, we are deceiving the public, unquote. Al Zahar, Yabadaba, according to some account as a co-founder of the Islamist group ruling Gaza said this on May 30 about his group's organizing of protests that had billed as nonviolent, but which ended the following day with Israeli troops killing more than 60 Palestinians amid border clashes that featured dozens of firebombs and attempts to break through the, bar- the uh, barrier during an interview with Al Jazeera on May 13. Al-Zahar, former foreign minister in the Hamas government, spoke about deception in dismissing his interviewer's suggestion that by organizing a nonviolent protest, Hamas was no different than the more moderate Palestinian liberation organization and Fatah of Mahmoud Abbas, the president of the Palestinian Authority. Al-Zahar said, this is a clear terminological deception. He assured the interviewer, referencing the language used to advertise the protests. He said, this is not peaceful resistance. Has the option of armed struggle diminished? No. On the contrary, it's growing and developing. That's clear. So when we talk about peaceful resistance, we are deceiving the public. I mean, folks, they tell us what they are. But Fatah's peaceful resistance consists of rallies, demonstrations, protests pleas and requests in order to improve the terms of negotiations, he says or to enable talks with the Israeli enemy this deception does not fool the Palestinian public, says al-Zahar he's a terrorist Zala al-Bardwal a Hamas lawmaker and spokesman in Khan Yunus said on Wednesday that 50 out of the 62 people listed as killed Monday were members of his organization Quoting al-Zahar, Prime Minister Netanyahu underscored what they said. The United Kingdom, France, Canada, and other countries have accused Israel of using excessive force in Gaza on Monday, though the United States, Australia, and several other countries blamed Hamas for the bloodshed. So you have France, Canada, and Britain blaming Israel much like the American Democrats and the American media. Listen to this. Separately, the United Nations Human Rights Council accused Israel of keeping Gazans, quote, caged in a toxic slum, unquote, during a special session in Geneva on the Gaza border clashes. Quote, Israel, this is the UN, the UN Human Rights Council, quote, Israel as an occupying power under international law, is obligated to protect the population of Gaza and ensure their welfare. But they are, in essence, caged in a toxic slum, from birth to death, deprived of dignity, dehumanized by the Israeli authorities. To such a point, it appears officials do not even consider that these men and women have a right, as well as every reason to protest, said Zaid Ra'ad al-Hussein Yabba Dabba, the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights. Now, the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights does not condemn Hamas. He does not condemn how Hamas has created the environment that exists in Gaza. Not a word. Not a word. You know, when I came back from Israel Tuesday morning and I came on the air that evening, three nights ago, I was... Furious. And what I had heard and seen from the American media. In the first hour of the show, probably the first 90 minutes of the show were among my best. And one of the things I pointed out was that the American media, in fact the world media, but I was focusing on the American media and the Democrat Party in this country, really one and the same. Had blood on their hands. They were giving aid and comfort to Hamas. Hamas, which was pushing its babies and its women to the front line, not in a peaceful protest, in a violent armed riot for the purpose of having PR advances with the American media, making PR points with the American media. Now, when I made that point, it was kind of courageous, really. I came under pretty vicious attack behind the scenes and elsewhere, websites and so forth. But something very, very interesting happened. People began to repeat it. Alan Dershowitz repeated it. Government officials in Israel repeated it. Columnists in America repeated it. Talk show hosts in America repeated it. When I said it, it went viral on the Internet, at conservative review, at right scoop, at legal insurrection, and so forth and so on, because it's true. It's true. And I also pointed out that day, and you can go back and listen if you wish. You don't have to, but it's up there on Mark Levin show website, our official radio website that our media, in fact, always defends the enemy against America. As do the Democrats. When the President pulled out of the Iran deal, because it was a horrendous deal, with the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, our media and the Democrats attacked the President. Our media and the Democrats attacked the President. When the President was trying to to prevent North Korea from building any nuclear systems, missile systems that could hit the United States and move three carrier groups and at least one offensive nuclear submarine group off the peninsula of Korea. He was accused of wanting to have war. He was accused of provoking a nuclear war. So again, our media and the Democrats sided with Kim Jong-un uh, who is responsible for the deaths of untold tens of thousands in his own country and his families? Responsible for the deaths of millions and millions, and they sided with him. And even today, the Democrat Party and the media—they love Putin. Oh yeah, they love the Russian government. They always have. Democrats have a very, very close association and relationship. Not just with Russia, but the old Soviet Union. Alger Hiss was a spy. One of the closest advisors to Franklin Roosevelt. And when he was exposed by Whitaker Chambers and Richard Nixon, the Democrats decided to try and destroy both of them. They always defended Alger Hiss. When Ted Kennedy, 1983 or so, as our friend Professor Paul Kengor has written extensively about, uh made overtures to the Kremlin to work with them closely to condemn Ronald Reagan's policies and then to defeat him in the next election the Democrats were absolutely silent about it even today they're silent about it when former House Speaker Jim Wright and other Democrats were working very very closely with the Sandinista communist regime in Nicaragua they thought that was the right thing to do when the New York Times and the Democrat Party even members of John Kennedy's own party were working with Castro very cool wasn't it? I could go on and on and on that's the Democrat Party, that's our media but in the latest they really went over the top they really went over the top siding with Hamas and terrorists and anti-Semites and Jew haters and American haters and Trump haters Signing against us and siding with them. Yes, our media have blood on their hands for the very reason I said on Tuesday night. I'll be right
2: back.
0: They can clone the others, but there's only one Mark Levin, and you can call him. At
1: you know, ladies and gentlemen, sure you could have harsh treatment to look younger, but why on earth would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? Instead, I want you to listen to Joanne from Connecticut. She said, My husband looks 10 years younger using Genocell. He saw results the first day he used it. I have also had remarkable results. Can't be without it. Now, imagine the bags and puffiness under your eyes gone watch those sagging, droopy eyelids disappear. That's years off your appearance. Genocide by Chamonix is an easy choice. Genocide contains natural ingredients for incredible results safely and quickly. It's as simple as that. In fact, with immediate effects, I hope you'll listen to this. You'll see results like Joanne's in as little as 12 hours or your money back, guaranteed. There's no risk. And right now is the perfect time to try Chaminade's brand new Genesel eyelid lift for droopy, sagging eyelids. Order Genesel today and get the brand new Genesel eyelid lift absolutely free. Go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. Better yet, call their toll-free number. Ready? Let's do this together. 800-SKIN-604. 800-SKIN-604. Call now and express shipping is also free. That's 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to Genesel.com. That is Genesel.com. Okay, let's see here. Let us go to Mike. Fargo, North Dakota, the great WZFG, the flag. Go.
7: Mark, real quick, I just wanted to say, first off, uh, I'm so angry about what is going on with President Trump. And basically, I feel that this is an attack, a three pronged attack on him, not just on trying to get him for anything that he might have done, or like you call it, process crimes, like try to get him on perjury or obstruction. But they're also going after anyone around him. They're going after Michael Flynn. They're going after Paul Manafort, Corey Lewandowski. They're going after Jared. They're going after Don Jr. And the, the, the message being basically that they had bogging these people down in legal fees, bogging them down, destroying their reputations, destroying them, you know, uh, their 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 careers. And the third prong, Mark, is the flat fact that even if, uh, I mean, I've started hearing some of this, too, people going, well, you know, even if he didn't do anything, I've, uh, you know, do we really want a president with all these investigations over him, even if he didn't do anything?
1: Yeah, so that, that in other words, in other words, they unleash the reasons for his removal. Yeah. And, and then they justify them in, a, in an absurd way.
7: And it's a three-point attack also just saying, look, how dare anyone from outside the swamp come and run in our little kabuki theater in our little D.C. play. So the message being sent, it's like not only will they go after Donald Trump, they'll go after anyone that associates with him. Not only will they go after you as an outsider, they'll go after anyone that associates with you, destroying them financially, destroying their reputation, and basically castigating them every night on TV. Mm-hmm. So, basically, it's a three-pronged attack, and I'm disgusted that, you know, here we are in supposedly a constitutional republic, and this is going on to the people that... All are right, sir.
1: Up- I understand. Very well said and very succinctly. Thank you. Yeah, I'm disgusted, too, quite frankly. Greg, Amarillo, Texas, the great KWFS. Go, sir, please.
13: It's an honor to talk to you, Mark. My dad's Thank not going to believe this. But anyway, yeah. so I, I said today on Facebook's Smartest man in in media is Mark. Thank you.
2: are well, very kind.
13: You yeah, you are. Common you think is, you
1: think I beat out Joy uh, Behar, whatever the hell her name is? oh Joy
13: Behar. God. Yes.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, All right. You go right ahead. Anyway, Thank you, what sir.
13: What I was going to tell you was that common sense has not gone everywhere. There, there's a town uh, 90 miles from Amarillo, Texas. It's Shamrock, Texas, in the Texas Panhandle. In front of this school, they've got a sign that's Big green sign that says "Attention!" Uh, please be aware that Shamrock ISD p- personnel are armed, and and will use force to protect their students.
1: Mm-hmm.
13: And that sign ought to be in front of every s- school in in the nation.
1: I, th- <laughs> yeah. I I could not agree with you more. I really could not.
13: Folks can you know if you look if you Google Shamrock School Security Sign, you can see it. But I mm-hmm. I stopped there and took a picture of it. I was going to try and email it to you, but anyway, I I, I just thought you know. Africa. Excellent.
1: You're you're right. Rather than uh, you know like these theaters, a gun-free zone, and the guy with the gun says, "Oh, cool. Okay, good." Yeah. Yes. Yeah, if, you, if you go into Shamrock with evil intention, you're going to assume room temperature very quickly. But he, here's the thing, Greg. It's like. You know, you, it's it's like a robber, an armed robber, wanting to go into somebody's house. They they go up to the house and then they see, okay, they have all kinds of security in the house. You know, you have you have the uh, the simply safe notice in the window, or you have a little sign out there, and so forth. And the guy next door doesn't have anything like it. Well, what do you think he's going to do?
2: Yeah, he's
1: going to hit the house that he doesn't think is protected. Correct. And what and what better place if you're a nut job than to hit a school? You know those kids don't have arms. You know the teachers are unarmed. Uh, Maybe they have a resource person running around there. But the schools are big. A lot of these high schools are quite large. One person can't protect the place.
13: Correct. Well, in Shamrock, Texas, don't don't go there to cause trouble.
1: All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Dallas, who's in Cleveland, Ohio. How are you, sir?
8: Hello, Mark. Uh, I want to say something right up front. I've listened to you for years. You always take a moment to think police officers, and i been one, firemen, first responders. Before I say anything else, I want to thank you for your service, because wow. you may even more than you realize are protecting all of us. By what? By educating and motivating us. And I wanted to give you some good news. I don't know if you remember the call, but I attended a meeting because my dad was too sick, and she asked me to go on behalf of her and my grandson to see exactly what they have budgeted in one of the largest school districts in the state of Ohio. Bottom line is they didn't have any money budgeted for security. And I realized the program was being taped. So they had a teacher stand up and say, I don't want my young children terrorized by having an armed officer in the school. A school board member, within three minutes of the meeting, stood up and said, I'm against arming teachers. And then I heard them for the next half hour talk about how they're using a Band-Aid approach to correcting all the building problems within the school district. Mark, this is a blue-ribbon school academically. And I stood up, and I knew it was being televised, and I said, you're worried about numbers? You better hope something doesn't happen. What you should be before you're a blue-ribbon school academically, part of that accreditation or that rating should include the security level within your school. Mm -hmm. So I looked at the school superintendent making $140,000 a year and I said, "Do you consider these schools within your district to have a blue level rating as far as security?" And uh, I just want to let you know, from a ground floor level within our community, we got the word out of what that teacher said, what that school board member' his position was on guns, and guess what's being proposed—a levy which includes one big thing, and that's to protect my grandson. Mm-hmm. and all the other children. In one school, there's more than 500 elementary children, and I walked through the school, did an assessment, totally unprotected. A mm-hmm. glass door. That's it. But no I wanted question to let you about know. it. I was motivated, and we we got to hit this from the ground floor level.
1: I agree. we got to get into these school board meetings. I'm telling you, I was a school board member, and let's see, 40 years ago, and I would organize... A Tea party organizations we had tax revolts in 1979 1980 uh, and we have to organize for our children because these school districts many of them are run by liberals these school districts in many cases aren't going to do what they have to do they're going to sound like these leftists on tv and leftist members of congress all right dallas wonderful wonderful and thank you for your service too charles new york new york the great wabc go
6: Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Okay. I was just thinking about this attempted coup that we have going on. Should we really be surprised about this? I mean, isn't the Democrat Party the Communist Party? And isn't that what they do?
1: No, the Democrat Party. Every, you, look, you must have a lot of neighbors and friends who are Democrats who are not nearly as radical as Bernie Sanders. I do.
6: Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I
1: okay, mean, so it's not a, it's, I wouldn't say it's the Communist Party, but it is a radical progressive party. Which is kind of an offshoot of that mentality.
6: Uh, we have a CIA director who's a communist.
1: He, now, he voted for a communist. <clears throat> uh, look, whatever he is, he's out of control. He's rogue. That's the bottom line. He's tried to undermine this country, and he needs to be exposed, and he needs to testify in front of a federal grand jury. That's the bottom line.
6: Congress, why did not Congress calling him?
1: Congress has called him. You know, Congress, is, it, it, uh, Congress can't prosecute anybody.
6: I know. We need a special. It's, it's the whole, this whole. Uh, thing sir, sir,
1: we're talking in circles now. Do you agree with my proposal that the president should pick a U.S. attorney once Mueller makes his, uh, his report to the Deputy Attorney General of the United States, so he's not accused of undermining that, uh, and then he can have uh, Brennan and the rest of them brought before a grand jury to find out exactly uh, what took place and to hold these people to account.
6: I hope
1: so. All right, thanks. Bachman, Indianapolis, Indiana. Do I have time, Rich, or not? Uh, go right ahead.
6: Taking my call. Uh, I'm an Iranian-American, and I've been listening to you for the past uh, one year. Now, the few days ago, yesterday, in Iran, Islamic State of Iran killed seven Iranians in protest in a city called Khazirun. But the Western media didn't say a word about it. All they do is Gaza, Gaza, Gaza. Mm-hmm. If there, anybody in Hamas have a nosebleed, the BBC, the BBC <laughs> is over there doing a story on on the against the Israel. But in Iran, since Rouhani came and signed a nuclear deal with the uh, Mullah, uh, Mullah Obama. Uh, there have been over 2,700 executions in Iran, but wow. the Western media didn't do nothing, didn't do nothing. New York Times is there, fake news, CNN have an agent there, NBC uh, is over there, but they don't write one word about this uh, Ayatollah uh, Rouhani in Iran. So uh, this, we are being, and let me tell you the good news. Since the President Trump camp, Iranians are so happy. Yes. The day that uh, President Trump uh, canceled the Tuesday, he canceled it. In Iran, there was a celebration among Iranians. Let me
1: let, let me tell you something. The Israelis love Trump. The Iranian people love Trump. The people who want freedom in the Middle East love Trump. All of our enemies hate Trump. What does that tell you? What am I doing, Mister Producer? All right. Let me say this about our friends at uh, Simply Safe. We were just talking about this. Remember security? Here's here's what I love about Simply Safe. They obsess over details like no other home security company. And here's an example. Simply Safe has a camera that you can control from your phone, right? But they want to protect your home and your privacy. So they came up with this brilliant idea, a privacy shutter for their camera. Now Simply Safe wanted you to be able to hear the shutter click so you know that it's closed. They wanted it to have a light on it so you could easily tell when it's on. And they needed it to work for the entire lifespan of your system. So Simply Safe got to work testing different metals and hinge designs for months and months. So Simply Safe what? Got a result. An effective home security camera with a thin lightweight aluminum privacy shutter that works every time. Now that's the kind of attention to detail that sets Simply Safe apart from the rest. And it uh, keeps your family safe. It's home security done the right way. Cutting-edge technology like nobody else. Get 10% off your your system today at simplysafemark.com that's simplysafemark.com and you'll get 10% off simplysafemark.com. Much love in. By the way, folks, it's been some week, and I I want to thank you for listening to the radio show, for watching me on the Fox show, for watching Levin TV. Um, I'm very blessed to have you out there in my audience, my radio family, TV family, one and the same, really. I really hope you'll you'll remember to watch at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, Sunday night, uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin. We're going to have a wonderful discussion. Really informative, really substantive, but also fascinating and I'm sure entertaining on North Korea, China, nukes, uh, cyber warfare, cybersecurity. We're going to cover it all and we're going to take our time through the hours we always do. And when you leave the show on Fox, you'll know more than most people. And uh, it really is the biggest show in its time slot on Sunday night. It's also the biggest show on Sunday night most nights. Uh, most Sunday nights of any show. So I hope you'll check it out. As a matter of fact, it's become so, I don't know. These other networks are so concerned. ABC is putting Alec Baldwin up against us. Uh, Public TV has created some concoction of uh, goofballs who are going to be doing it. Even my own Westwood One has somebody up doing it. In any event, we're the real deal. Check us out on Sunday night. All right, ladies and gentlemen, every Friday, America is in honor of you. Here we go. officially over. The weekend begins right now. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffy. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Don't forget, Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern, Life, Liberty, and Levin on the Fox News Channel. Get Al-Qaeda. Get ISIS. Get a Hamas. Get, Hab- uh, get all those bastards. What the hell? Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I'll see you on Sunday night. God bless you.